the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, hello, everyone. This is Al Fadi, and I'd like to welcome you to a special edition of Let Us Reason, which is also aired as we speak right now on Facebook Live. And this one will be posted on our Facebook page, alfadi.sira, on December 18, 2019. Now, this is part two of what we titled the Christology of Mark, and the reason why we wanted to focus on Mark and the deity of Christ in Mark, because of the usual attacks against the, uh, basically the divinity of Christ and the claim that only in the Gospel of John you will be able to claim that Jesus is divine. Outside of that, none of the synoptic Gospels basically dealt with the divinity of Christ, which is a, an utterly false statement. But we are focusing right now only on Mark, and this is just a teaser, as I mentioned uh, in the last episode. Uh, me and my dear brother here, Sam Shamon, who's with me in the studio, are going just to give you a flavor of some of the powerful passages that you can find in the Gospel of Mark about the deity of Christ. However, later on, Lord willing, maybe even uh, next year in 2020, we will do a whole video series on the Christology of Christ, not only from Mark, but also from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. Welcome back, brother, and uh, I'll turn it over to you so you can continue with your teaching. Yeah, it's an honor to be here. We trust Jesus Christ and anoint us again by the power of the Spirit to glorify Jesus, our Lord. He is worthy. We love you, Son of God. Now, to continue where we left off in the previous program, I'm going to give some more additional proof that the Mark in Jesus, the Jesus of Mark, who's the Jesus of history, claimed to be God in the flesh, and Mark presents him as God in the flesh, though he's not the Father or the Holy Spirit. So, I'm going to go to my third example, Mark chapter 2. It's verses 1 to 12, but we're going to start at 5. A group of folks bring a paralytic who is bedridden. They bring him on his pallet, on his mat, because they believe that Jesus can heal him. Now, there's, they can't enter through the front door because it's crowded, so they make a hole in the roof and lower bring down, down, lower down the, the pallet, the mat. Jesus sees it, so that's where we're picking it up. Now, pay attention to the language of the text, folks. Pay attention to what our Lord says when he sees it. Again, you can go to Mark <clears throat> chapter 2 and start reading from the that's beginning. Right. Reading from 5 to 12, when Jesus saw their faith, saw their faith, meaning he saw the actions, the fruit of their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. But some of the scribes were sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Now notice, they're not thinking this verbally. They're saying it within themselves, in their hearts. Why does this man speak such blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now, ironically, the Quran agrees because in chapter 3, verse 135, chapter 3, verse 135, notice what it says. Who, when they commit an indecency or wrong themselves, remember God and pray forgiveness for their sins, 
And who shall forgive sins but God? Amen. And do not So the Quran persevere. acknowledges that yeah, only God has that divine but, basically but God. And do not persevere in the things they did and that wittingly. So it's agreement. Only God can forgive. Now, Jesus doesn't correct them saying, look, I'm a messenger. I'm simply announcing that God is forgiven. I'm relaying what God told me he's forgiven. No, no, no. Watch what Jesus says. Immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit. Side note, this is Mark's way of referring to the divine nature of Christ. When he says in his spirit, he's distinguishing Jesus' flesh, meaning his humanity, from his divine nature, which he says spirit. So immediately as God, being God in the flesh, as God, in respect to his divine nature, i.e. in his spirit, Jesus knew that they so reasoned within themselves, and he said to them, why do you contemplate these things in your hearts? So he knew what they're thinking in their hearts. They didn't verbalize this. That's right. I mean, he knew what was going on in the inside. Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk? Well, to ask the questions, answer it. I can say to someone, you're forgiven all day, all night. You can't prove or disprove it. But if someone is sick and I say, be healed, and if he doesn't get healed, I'm exposed as a fraud, as a charlatan. But now notice what Jesus goes on to say. But that you may know, meaning have no doubt, it's not simply the Father pronouncing forgiveness, that the Son of Man, I, the Son of Man, have authority on earth to forgive sins. I do have this ability to forgive sins. <clears throat> he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take up your bed, and go your way to your house. Immediately he rose, picked up the bed, and went out in front of them all. So Jesus healed this man's disease to prove that he can forgive sins, which is something only God can do. And Jesus knew what they were thinking in their hearts. Now, why is this astonishing? You need to read Mark in the backdrop of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. Notice what the following Old Testament passages teach. 1 Kings 18.39. 1 Kings 18.39. When all the people saw it, <clears throat> I'm sorry, 1 Kings 8.39. Okay? You, Solomon, praying, hear from heaven, forgive. 1 Kings 8.39. Forgive <clears throat> their sins, for you know what's in the hearts of the sons of men. Only you know their hearts. That's right. Do you know what 1 Kings 8.39 said? You know the hearts of the sons of men, and only you know their hearts. And who's the you? Yahweh. Yahweh. Because you hear from heaven, forgive. Notice, forgive what Jesus did, and you know what's in their hearts, and only you know what's in the hearts of the sons of men. 1 Kings 8.39. That's one. Psalm 44.21. Would not God search this out? Would he not be aware of what you're doing, that you're trying to hide stuff? For he knows the secrets of the heart. And according to Solomon, only he and he alone knows what's in the hearts of the sons of men. But it gets even better. It's all good. But now notice this one. Jesus knew what was in their hearts immediately. He healed the man his disease and forgave his sins, and he redeems us from the pit. Psalm 103, verses 2 to 4. Psalm 103, verses 2 to 4. Bless Yehovah. Bless the Lord. Bless Jehovah. Not a creature. Bless God for who he is and for what he does. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Bless him for forgiving all your iniquities. Bless him who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. So notice, it is God, the true God, Yehovah, who heals all our diseases, who forgives all our sins, who redeems us from the pit, who alone knows all the hearts of the sons of men, all of which was just described to Jesus and Mark by Jesus himself. And Mark 10, 45, about redeeming from the pit, Jesus speaking, Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, 
but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus will offer his soul to ransom many, to redeem us from the pit, forgives all our sins, heals all our diseases, and knows what's in the hearts of men. Amen. And what I want to wow. add also uh, to what Sam, uh, you know, uh, amazingly have mentioned, of course, is that Jesus also, uh, many commentators will say something like that, that the worldview of the people at that time is that when someone was born this way or is inflicted with such a disease, that means this person is, is a sinner or under the judgment of God. So Jesus was basically using their worldview against him and say, okay, so you think he's a sinner and he is under the judgment of God. That's fine. I just forgave his sin. Let me prove to you that his sins are forgiven. He's healed. He can walk now. There's, therefore, there is no more... Uh, judgment uh, against him. And of course, if you go to John 9, you'll see that even the apostles thought that the blind man was blind simply because he's either he sinned or his parents have sinned. Right. Now, of course, if you're tuning in, this is Let Us Reason, and <clears throat> maybe you'll wonder where can you go and listen to previous episodes of this uh, radio show. You can go to our website, sirainternational.com. That's C as in Charlie. C-I-R-A, sirainternational.com. And we have an entire section in there that's called Let Us Reason. You click on it and it takes you back all the way to the first, basically, episode in October 4th, 2014. Yes, you heard me. It's, all, it's, all, it's been over five years now. So you can go and listen oh, yeah. to all of that. And I've done a number of shows with my dear brother Sam here. And you'll be able to see those as well. And we do our best to give titles for each one of those episodes. Okay, right. Sam. Well, uh, okay. what else can uh, you share with, uh, oh, with us about uh, the Christology uh, from Mark? Mark, and notice we're just scratching the surface because there's too much. We're trying to give the most salient examples because of the time allotted to us. So let me go to Mark 12, 29 to 30, because this is often quoted out of context by Muslims and anti-Trinitarian Unitarians to try to disprove that Jesus is God. Mark 12, 29 to 30, Jesus is asked, what is the greatest of all commandments? He says, <clears throat> the, Jesus answered him, Mark 12, 29, 30, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Now, the Greek word for Lord, because Mark is writing in Greek, it's kyrios. Some will pronounce it kurios, the Rasmin way. I don't care how you pronounce it. I have a hard time speaking English. Oh, by the way, we got somebody who was really upset with you saying this, so they uh, wanted you to know that this is how you pronounce it. Which uh, where, where, Well, I deleted their comment. They because, can say what they want. Because, because usually I laugh at those kind of comments. Yeah, because if I get yeah. a gr native Greek speaker yeah. and he hears a, a New Testament professor saying, he's going to laugh. They'll say, that's not Greek. So they'll say, o, o how do you know how the ancient Greeks yeah. anyway pronounce it? Right, but so. be that as it may, you want to pronounce it kyrios or Kurios, the point is the Greek word is going to be the same. Open up Mark in the Greek, because Mark is written in Greek. It's the same word for Lord in these examples. That's all I'm trying to emphasize. Okay, so he says, the Lord our God is one Lord. So Israel, now David is an Israelite, right? Because yeah. when he says, hero Israel, the Lord our God right. is one, one Lord. So that would include David. So David knows he has only one Lord, and that one Lord is his God, correct? Okay. Right. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Now, this is often quoted. You have Muslim polemicists quoting this out of context to make it say something it doesn't. They don't read what follows, because it is not a coincidence, Christians. Pay attention to this. That right after Jesus says, the greatest commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love Him with all your heart, soul, and strength, mind, love your neighbor as yourself. He then goes right away to quote another Old Testament citation to prove that the is Israelites one Lord. The one Lord of Israel is multi-personal. What am I talking about? Mark 12, 35 to 37. Mark 12, 35, 37. 
While Jesus taught in the temple, he said, how can the scribes say that Christ is the son of David? Muslims, Christians agree. Christ is Jesus. Jesus is Christ. But he's trying to ask them a question to see that the Christ is more than a human descendant of David. How much more? He's David's God. Now, how's he going to show them that? Well, he asked them the question. You're saying Christ is the son of David, right? David himself, speaking by the Holy Spirit, declared, side note, Jesus confirms the divine inspiration of David's writings. He says, David wrote these Psalms by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit taught David what to, to say, inspired David to write these things, uh, these things down, and revealed things to David. David, speaking by the Holy Spirit, declared, the Lord, and the Greek, it's the same word, folks. That's why I say, open up your Greek New Testament. It's kurios or kurios. The kurios, the Lord, said to my Lord, the Lord said to my, David speaking, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Jesus goes on to say, David himself calls the Messiah, the Christ, Lord. How then is he a son? And the large crowd heard him gladly. Folks, did you hear what Jesus just said? David by revelation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit revealed to David, the Christ who Jesus is Lord and his Lord and the Christ, David's Lord, was told by the Lord to sit at his right hand in heaven. So let's unpack that. You have two here called Lord and the Greek word is the same. It's the same in the Greek. Both of them are called uh, Kyrios or Kurios. They're both called Lord. Same word in Greek. One Lord says to the other Lord, sit at my right hand. And, and God says <clears throat> that this one sitting at my right hand will remain at my right hand until his enemies are made his footstool. Jesus says, David was speaking of Messiah, the Christ, as his Lord sitting at the right hand of the Lord until Messiah's enemies are vanquished. Now, here's the problem. Jesus just got done saying that an Israelite only has one Lord. Israel's God is their one Lord. Their one Lord is their God. Their God is their one Lord. One Lord, and that's their God, who is Yahovah. But then Jesus says, David called Messiah Lord and called Messiah his Lord, who's enthroned in heaven. Now, why do I keep saying heaven? Because in Psalm 103, verse 19, Psalm 103, verse 19, Psalm chapter 2, verse 4, Psalm 2, verse 4, Psalm 11, verse 4, Psalm chapter 11, verse 4, it says that Jehovah, Yahweh, sits enthroned in heaven. Just to read one for the sake of time. Psalm 103, 19. The Lord, Yahovah, Yahweh, has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Now, folks, don't take my word for it. There's not a single place in the entire Old Testament where someone other than Yahweh sits enthroned in heaven. Yahweh and Amen. Yahweh alone sits on heaven's throne, and the only Lord that an Israelite has in heaven, not talking about earthly lords, he can be my earthly Lord and I be his slave, but there's only one in heaven that can be the Lord on the throne and the Lord of Israel, and that's Jehovah, that's Yahweh. But I'm confused now. You have Yahweh on the throne, the Messiah, who's also on the throne in heaven, and he's David's Lord in heaven. If Jesus is a creature, utter blasphemy, because you cannot have more than one Lord ruling in heaven if you're an Israelite. Let me repeat, and I'm challenging right. anti-Trinitarians to refute me. You cannot have more than one Lord sitting enthroned in heaven. There's only one in heaven enthroned as Israel's, Israel's Lord, and it's Jehovah, Yahweh, Yahovah, 
But Jesus said, David acknowledges two, Jehovah and the Messiah, David's Lord, both of whom reign on the same throne in heaven as Lord over God's people. Amen. This would be blasphemy if the Messiah Jesus is a creature, but if he's divine, if he's God in the flesh, distinct from the Father, one with him, then it makes perfect sense. There is no blasphemy. Amen. And also, I love even the account, the same account that you just mentioned in Matthew uh, chapter 22, uh, basically verses 40 to 44, where Jesus even uh, mentions that David by the Spirit. Yes, same thing. You know, so now because we're talking about uh, God who is one. But yeah, and is... like Mark 12, 36, David himself speaking by the Holy Spirit. So let's do the math. Good. Amen. Here, Amen. David himself speaking by the Holy Spirit. So you have Jehovah, Yahweh, yep. speaking to David's Lord who is the Messiah, right. telling him to sit with me on heaven's throne. And David knew this by revelation of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So uh, wow. next, next time I hear a Muslim to tell, uh, tell me about John 17, 3, I'd like you to go ahead and, and read this first. Yes, uh, and three, right? To, yep. I'm exactly. hoping the camera's on me now. Notice, three. Yeah. Yahweh, David's Lord, and the Holy Spirit. Three, right? Amen. And they're telling me, no, the Bible doesn't teach a trinity. Now, you know why this is a nightmare for the Muslim? Because in chapter 3, verses 79 to 80, let me read chapter 3, verses 79 to 80, why what Jesus said about David shows that Muhammad is a false prophet, the Quran is a false book. Chapter 3, verses 79 to 80, it belongs not to any man, mortal. Chapter 3 of the Quran, verses 79 to 80, it belongs not to any mortal that God should give him the book, the judgment, and prophet. Then he should say to men, be you servants to me, my servants, apart from God. Rather, he'll say, be you teachers, and that you know the book, and in that you study, he would never order you to take the angels and prophets as lords. What, would he order you to disbelief after you surrendered? Now, Muslims, you have a problem. Jesus says the prophet David was told by the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit revealed to the prophet David that Messiah Jesus, because we both agree, Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. He is David's Lord, ruling in heaven, on the throne of God, over all creation. Something the Quran says could not happen, cannot be true, but it is true, so either that means the Quran is wrong, which it is, and Muhammad is a false prophet, or you're going to have to admit that the Messiah is more than a human being. He is God in the flesh, and therefore worthy to sit on the throne with the Father in heaven as Israel's one Lord and the Lord of all creation. But then that would still mean Muhammad is a false prophet. And it's chapter 3 of the Quran, verses 79 to 80. Chapter 3, verses 79 to 80. Yeah. Thanks, James, uh, for doing this, and uh, I'd like to welcome uh, Dan Japan. You know yourself. Uh, nevertheless, um, you know, of course, if you're tuning in, this is Let Us Reason. And again, like I said, this is a special edition of our radio show, Let Us Reason. Of course, you can always go to our website, sirainternational.com, and listen to this. And this will be aired uh, basically sometimes in February and possibly the beginning of March. But you can also go to our Facebook page, alfadi.sira, and go to the post on December 18th, 2019, and you'll be able to watch it as well. So either way, this is part of the Let Us Reason, basically, podcast. And the title of the previous episode on this one is The Christology of Mark. And the reason why we chose The Christology of Mark, simply because we're always attacked by the mere fact that somehow, outside of the Gospel of John, Jesus cannot be divine. And I think we have proved that this argument 
is ridiculous, to say the least. That's right. Now, we have a few minutes left, sure. about maybe six minutes or so before we wrap this up. In fact, we have about four minutes before I start wrapping up. So we need you to start sending us questions yeah, if, if you, you have, have any. any. And let's scroll all the way top to see if anyone yes. have left us any questions. No, we have no. a lot of comments, by the way. I think we have, uh, let me tell you how many comments so far we have. Well, praise the Lord. We have 127 comments. Thank you so much, everyone, of course. But, but this is really your chance. You know, I have Sam Shamon yes. here, and uh, we like for you to at least be blessed by uh, the knowledge that the Lord has blessed this dear brother yes. with. And uh, we are always, uh, of course, honored to have him with us. And uh, we want to just take a full advantage of that. And I'll, I'll touch him for you. I'll get all Please. the barakat and all of the blessings for you. But nevertheless, <laughs> yeah. you go ahead and send the questions for now. Yeah. Until they come up with a question, let me know if you don't see one. Sure. Keep going, this. brother. Yeah. Mar- I'm going to look at two passages real quickly. Mark 7, 29 and 30. That shows that Jesus is omniscient and omnipresent, omnipotent. In the Gospel of Mark, Mark 7, 29 30. It's the story of the Syrophoenician woman telling Jesus that her daughter has been struck, struck by a demon. Right. Come and heal. Now. The woman's daughter is not physically present. She's away in her home at some great physical distance. Now, notice Mark 7, 29 to 30. Many people don't even catch this. Mark 7, 29 to 30. Then he, then he said to her, Jesus said to her, For this answer, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. When she had come to her house, notice it's physically away, far away. She found the demon had gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. So notice Al, the implication. Jesus is not physically there where her daughter is possessed by a demon physically at a great distance from where the daughter is he can tell her that's right go the demon has left now she's asking him to cast out the demon what are the implication that jesus not only knows the demon has left her but he's the one who cast out the demon from her without being physically present by his word just pronouncing it that they're out so you're saying in mark jesus is omnipotent omniscient omnipresent are you sure it's mark yeah mark 7 29 30 no mark 7 29 30 so you wait 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 mark 7 29 30 jesus is physically in one one location because as a man in his physical body is one location but, he but knows as what's God, happening over there and now I know he's ordering the demon come out because she's coming to him to cast him out and he's saying he's already gone amen amen and, and by the way this is really my appeal to my Muslim friends I really beg of you to go and read these passages with an open heart and an open mind the Lord will open your heart and your mind <laughs> if you're sincerely seeking I was in your position one time, but look where I'm at today. Amen. By the power of God, the Holy Spirit, by the power of the, of the gospel that saves, my eyes have opened, my heart has changed, and I can see clearly right now all of these powerful passages Hallelujah. about the glory of our yes. Lord. Let me give this final one, and maybe our time is up, I don't know, but Mark 9, 38, 39. Mark 9, 38, 39. These little hints there that are actually explicit to those who have eyes to see. John, Mark 9, 38, 39. John answered him, Teacher, we saw one who does not follow us, casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not forbid him, for no one who does a miracle in my name can quickly speak evil of me. Here's my challenge to all the anti-Trinitarians and Muslims. Show me a single passage in the entire Hebrew Scriptures, or even the Quran, where the name of a creature is invoked to do miracles, to heal and cast out evil spirits, which Muslims would say jinn. Quote an example where they're invoking the name of someone besides the true God to do miracles and cast out demons. You won't find it 
This means that in Mark, Jesus must be God and his name possesses divine authority, an authority that cannot be ascribed to a creature without this being blasphemous. Amen. Amen. And we are getting ready to wrap up. So thank you for tuning in to Let Us Reason. Again, you can go to our website, sierrainternational.com and find that section, Let Us Reason, and listen to all of the previous podcasts, including this one. You can go for this special edition to our Facebook page, alfadi.sira, and watch this post on December 18th, 2019. We uh, really uh, prayerfully ask you to go and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Sierra International, and become a Patreon patron, where you can give as little as $1, as much as the Lord put in your heart and I want you uh, brother yes. to tell them how they can do the same yes. thing yes my patron you. patron account for now is uh, attached to my name Shamunian S-H-A-M-O-U-N-I-A-N I may change it in the near future but for now it's Shamunian and any dollar amount counts because we're in full time ministry depending on the grace of God providing through servants and God bless you for supporting us and praying for us and loving us and pray for our families that Jesus will bless them abundantly. Amen. And of course, I mean, uh, we're doing this live before Christmas, so we want to wish all of you a Merry Christmas and a blessed New Year's. And what a beautiful passage, indeed, that clearly states to us the deity of Christ other than Isaiah 9, 6, where it talks about who is this child that is born. He is the son that preexisted before his birth given to us. He is mighty God, and the list can go on and on and on. Until we meet again... Have a blessed day.